0: said amen. amen yeah all right Let's see if i'm with you there you are good to be with you great to be in god's house and celebrating and worshiping together isn't he amazing yeah pastor joshua there he is stand right next to your little fiance there miss rebecca so yeah we want to like formally introduce everybody else here Y'all didn't know last week they were engaged, so we want to congratulate them on their engagement. Yeah, look at that. Miracles happen. You may be seated. Thank you. (laughs) You're good, buddy. It's awesome. Very excited for them, and congratulations. Uh, More news forthcoming in that whole process of things as God moves. So cool. Yeah. All right. So good to be with you, and we have some things happening, and uh, we want to let you know that... um, I have to mention a couple things. Obviously, uh, for one thing, it's great to have you guys and seeing the people, more and more people come in the 11 o'clock service, and it's great. For those of you that are home and maybe you're worried about social distancing, you can still do that in this room right now for the 11 o'clock service. And uh, people that want to wear masks, you can wear them. Uh, I want you to know we're not going to talk about this every week, but if you want to wear a mask, wear it. If you don't want to hug somebody, don't hug them. Don't shake their hand. You're fine. Uh, Just let them know. We don't want to make anybody uncomfortable here. We want to make sure that we're worshiping God. We do want to know, want y'all to know that the doors will be open. We're going to continue to worship God together, and we need to do that. God has called us into this place for this time, and he is all aware of everything that's happening. I always think of those words, you know, when Malachi was, um, I'm sorry, uh, his name went right out of my head. That's not the right guy. That's the guy that did it, uh, that wrote the last book of the Old Testament. But the um, Mordecai? He said, "Now it was Mordecai. He said to his niece for such a time as this. Who knows, right? And as he was telling her, like, you were appointed to this place, Esther, as queen for such a time as this that you could intercede for your people. And I look and it's like, hey, guys, this is our moment. God knows he needs us to intercede for these people in our nation, and the world. And we need to step into this moment. God's called us into this moment. and We want to make sure we're doing it. This coming Friday night at 6.30, we're going to have one church worship. A lot of times in worship service while we're singing, this is all worship. But during the times that we would sing and praise God together, there's often times I don't want to stop. I love it. I love to sing. I love to worship God. He's amazing. And I love to express it through song and worship. And so this Friday... Uh, We're coming back after all this time has been closed with COVID and all that kind of things, but we're coming back this Friday at 6.30 p.m. to have a night of uh, one church worship, so please come and join us. Yeah, let other people know. If you have the app, you already know that. We already put a uh, little cute thing up there that you can download the app with your smartphone, just turn on your camera, put it over it, bam, you got it. It's free. You don't have to let Apple know where you are or whoever else is looking at that thing. You don't have to turn on locations, but let notifications come through from us so we can let you know what's happening. So right now, if you just opened your phone, which you probably have them off and on silent, but you could open it up and have it on the camera and just put it over that and it will automatically connect you to dropping in the app. And uh, we would love for you to do that so that you can stay up on what's happening uh, in the church and what's coming. Because there's a lot of things happening. You know, next Sunday we have baptism. Then the next week we have, um, after that, I'm saying in two weeks, we'll have uh, baby dedications. So if you want to be baptized, go on our website or you can go on the app and sign up for that. And you can be part of the baptism in both services next week. Also, um, we have our pre-ordering of our Blessing 16 shirts. If you've never been a part of the Blessing of the Bikers, that happens always on the second Sunday of October. And we'll have that. It's a family-friendly event. If you don't own a motorcycle, you're welcome. Uh, Usually non-motorcycle riders outnumber motorcycle riders at the event. So don't be uncomfortable. Come and join us. And invite your friends and family and pre-order your shirts uh, if you want to have one of those, all right? On September 4th, Labor Day weekend in two weeks, we'll be here on Saturday the 4th at 7 a.m. to clean up our property. It's a mess out there like your house jungle weeds we're not used to all this stuff happening but we need to knock it down and clean it up so if you would take the time to be with us that would be awesome even if you can only come for a little bit of time and if you can't make it on the fourth and you can make it tomorrow you can start tomorrow all right we want you to help us out and get the god's house and property looking great okay enough of the announcements we need to go where god's having us go would you pray with me father we love you thank you so much for jesus god we thank you for this moment in our lives we surrender to you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak with clarity, purpose, and conviction on our lives as we enter into your presence in worship, in the Word. And Lord, you have prepared us for this moment in our lives to receive this message from you, and we ask you to do it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to read some scripture to you today that is a charge from the Word of God and found in 2 Timothy chapter 4. You ready? I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when He comes to set up His kingdom. The church, when we read the Scriptures, I want you to hear this from God's Word. God's Word tells us clearly that there will be a day of judgment, the living and the dead. Right? So God's calling everyone out of the grave. God is going to have all the, our life. There's the rapture moment. At that moment, stand before Him. And God is going to judge everyone. That's me and you. Sometimes, honestly, I have a hard time like reality. You know what I mean? Like this is real. Us being here is real. But that Dave is going to stand in the presence of the creator of the universe. And then I'm going to stand there and he's going to talk to me about my life. The words the decisions, the actions, what I did or didn't do. And it's like, that is like a very, um, man. that's a, I guess I would say sombering in a good way, you know, like thought, a reality that you and I are going to all stand before God. We will. This is God's word. Please let that sink into you. I want God to sink that into me, to make that such a reality to me that i realized that every day matters every word matters every response matters everything you do matter church as we listen to this he's telling us someday he's going to judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom the very next statement says preach the word of god <laughs> there's nothing else that needs to be preached than god's word It's not about your opinion or mine, what we think about what's going on in the world. Our opinions don't matter. What matters is the Word of God and its truth. There are churches that aren't even preaching the Word of God. Come on, man. We've got to understand we have been called by God to preach the Word of God. That's all that matters. It's only His Word that matters. This is what His Word tells us right here. Preach the Word of God be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Church, we that have raised and lived our lives here in the United States of America have lived in a favorable time. We've had it easy. To the point where we've taken it for granted. And therefore we have not lived as faithful to the word of God as we ought to. I'm talking about me as well as you i realize as i look in my life that i have lived an incredibly favorable time that i could speak god's truth i could live for jesus christ we could preach it we could go to church we could tell our employers i'm not i can't work on sunday because i got to go to church i've lived in that day we have lived in a favorable time and church To be honest with you, we did it in such a lackadaisical way that we're in a condition we are today as a result of our not being as aggressively faithful to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it was so favorable, we got lazy. It's God's word. Listen to what it says to us. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. If we can't share Jesus in the favorable times, how in the world are we going to ever share Him when it's not? Here's the Word of God. Listen to it. Preach the Word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. I do not take what I do lightly, church. I want you to know that. And I listen to what God's Word is saying right here, and He tells me to be patient with people. Don't just write them off. Some people are slow to mature. So Dave, as you preach to your people, teaching them the Word of God, do it patiently, but also do it correct. Patiently correct. Look, we've got to live up to what God calls us to. Church, God's Word has called us to something. God has called us to live a holy life unto Him. Right? All right, if we're going to live that kind of life, then we've got to start aligning our life to what the Word of God says and that is the good news of the Gospel of Jesus Christ and know what the Word of God says and begin to live it. And if we're not willing to live it, then the next part comes in. Rebuke them. This is God's Word. Just letting you know. Patiently correct rebuke. There are times that we have to be called out and say, I want you to understand that your life needs to change. This is not okay. You know, we're so uncomfortable with that. Like, well, I don't want to judge anybody. First off, get your life right. And if your life's right, then you have the favor of God, the leading of the Spirit, and you need to go to your brother or sister if they're not living right, and you need to correctly rebuke them. bringing them into alignment with the Word of God. Their soul's at stake, church. It's real. And encourage your people with good teaching we're taking it right out of God's word doesn't matter what I have to say it matters in what God's word says church we have to know what God's word says and I want to encourage you to align to what God's word says not what you think it ought to say what God's word says let's keep reading for a time is coming where people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear Man, we're all about hearing amen. So if you want to amen something, we'll keep saying that because we want you to be in agreement. We don't want to offend you. We want to stay in line with one another. We want to all have a smooth ride out of this thing together. No, church, that's not what it's about. We have to tell the truth of what God's Word says, and He says to us that there's a time where people aren't going to listen to the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear what they want to hear. They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Well, last Sunday we were talking about this. We were saying like, there are millions of people following lying faiths that use the name of Jesus, but do not teach the truth of the gospel. And there are millions of people in our world that are following untruth. But we don't want to offend them and we don't want to overstep our bounds and say something to them about the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. People are chasing after myths because they'd rather hear what they want to hear than to hear the truth of God's word. I want you to know I understand that I'm going to answer to God for what I say to you and I'd rather tell you the truth than be your friend. I love you but I love you enough to let you know that we're going to answer to a living God and He knows all about you and I don't. He knows all about me and you don't. I'm going to answer to Him, you're going to answer to Him and we've got to know the truth. If we want to just make everybody feel good, we're in trouble. God's Word says something to us, church. They will reject the truth and chase after mis, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Well, this is a pastoral epistle if you know your Bible at all. The Apostle Paul writing to the young preacher Timothy as he's leading a church. But this truth is for you and I. Not just for pastors, but it is a definite call to anyone who would ever speak, teach, prophesy, or whatever speaking for God's word on his behalf. You better believe this is a word for us. And he's telling us right here that we better own up to it, know what it is, preach it and live it. And then hold people to it as well as yourself. So I want you all to know that as I have spoken God's word through these years, preaching the truth, studying God's word, God has convicted me with the messages that I have preached. And he has said, you're not right there, Dave. This is what it says. Wow, God, I get it. Forgive me. I want to live the truth not just talk about the truth God's calling us to something church and I take the call on my life very seriously I want you to know that I'm not here to just say stuff to you God is asking me which is beyond my understanding beyond my comprehension (laughs) then he would ask someone like me to stand in front of you anyone that's online anyone and speak about his amazing word. My Bible's on my iPad. I know I always point at this. I want you to know that I'm not just pointing at an iPad, it's, I'm talking about God's word. And the fact that God would ask me to speak his word, the creator of the universe, no, I don't take that lightly. <laughs> He's called me to preach it. And what God has said is preach my word, I'm not preaching culture's word. I'm not going to embrace culture. And I'm not going to preach to you culture's word. We are looking at the word of God. And I want you to know that the word of God has always been and will always be countercultural. The world is full of sin. It does not line up with God's word. It cannot line up with God's word. The only way we can line up with God's Word is through repentance and transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Therefore, we cannot preach culture's Word. We cannot adopt or adapt God's Word to culture. God is calling culture to change and adapt to His Word. Church, it's His truth. We've got to live it. God is not asking me to preach the Word of the United States of America. I'm a patriot, and I love our country, and I'm grateful for this freedom that we enjoy. But God's not asking me to preach a patriotic gospel. He's calling me to preach the word of God. Church, he's not asking me to preach the church's word. Man, we got a lot of messed up words from churches. I'm not here to tell you, hey, you should follow the theology of this church or this church. We need to follow the theology of God's word and allow God to teach us his theology that's what matters is what he says the holy spirit will reveal reveal us and lead us into all truth he'll convict us where we're wrong if we would stay sensitive to the holy spirit listen church this is a revelation if god's people would stay sensitive and obedient to the holy spirit we would be one church (laughs) seriously we'd be one church i'm not saying we all meet together in one place i'd say we'd be one church The church of Jesus Christ is one church. Now, as we listen to what God is saying to us, the word of God is not a comfortable word. Sometimes it's not a desirable word, but it's His word. And God's word is truth. And God's word will convict, it will rebuke, it will encourage it will transform because it has life-giving power because it's His Word. No church, no person, no entity can do any of that, only God. And therefore, when we go into God's Word, we need to know what it says. We need to know what He's saying to us. God's Word is not always what we want to hear. It is what we need to hear. <laughs> so when God's Word comes... When God's word is spoken, I should say, when the word of God is allowed to be God's word and spoken, it brings about godly change. And in that change, we experience God's peace. Now, we can experience God's peace regardless of anything else going on in life. So therefore, when the power of God is manifested and real inside of us because of what the Word of God says, our life is changed even when the other things around our life are unchanged. God's peace rules. Now, you can go find a church. Many of them that call themselves Christian churches, by the way, that will preach and teach only the things you want to hear. And there are pastors and teachers and self-proclaimed prophets that will willingly twist God's word to make whatever lifestyle you want to live comfortable. It's out there. Church, it's happening. Progressive Christianity is all across the world. And it's spreading through our nation where we in the church are wanting to love. Well, let me tell you what the word of God says about love. Love disciplines. Love corrects. Love does not allow us to make wrong decisions and stand back and watch us collapse. Love stands in the gap. Love speaks truth. Love rebukes and corrects. That's what love does. Love doesn't just stand idly by and allow people to be deceived and walk down the road that leads to an eternal hell. We can find churches that want to tell us whatever we want to hear. They'll preach and teach only things like that. But friends, doesn't matter what the church teaches. It doesn't matter what I'm teaching. It matters, but listen to what I'm trying to say. What matters is what God's Word says. God's Word is what matters. And you and I better know what God's Word says, and we better live what God's Word says. Because it's what we're going to be judged by. This is what we just read in the scripture. The time is coming when people no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They'll follow their own desires, look for teachers, and will let them hear whatever their itching ears want to hear. They'll reject the truth, chase after myths. Right? Come on, guys. It's like, I don't want to hear what you got to say right now because I'm uncomfortable. And if I'm living in an uncomfortable lifestyle, I'm making wrong decisions, I'm living in sin, then you ought to be uncomfortable when you hear the Word of God. That's called conviction. That's God's mercy. He's calling us to get out of that sin and step into the truth, right? All right, well, church, he's saying, like, you can run away if you want to. I mean, I can't make anyone come back next Sunday. Y'all know that. It's free to do whatever you want to. But where are you going to run to? Where are we going to go? Are we looking for someone that will say the things we want to be comfortable with? I don't want to invite my friends because I'm not really sure what he's going to say. I want to tell you something right now. You can be comfortable inviting your friends to come to church next Sunday because they're going to hear the Word of God. Okay? I don't think everybody's supposed to come to this church. Don't misunderstand me. I don't think everybody will. I understand that, you know, we're different. It's okay. All right, I was listening to the guitar over there, and I mean, like, I was in that, last song we did I was loving it but I recognized that my mom she'd have probably been plugging her ears (laughs) she would have been here because she's loving Jesus but she wouldn't have liked that you know whining guitar thing but I love it (laughs) right you know what I'm saying so I get it why people are in different buildings worshiping God but I want you to know that we need to know what God says follow what he says and do it there are also people that are uncomfortable because I get a little passionate and yell and, you know, I can't stand still. It is. Thank you. I appreciate it. It is. I mean, that's just who we are. But I understand some people are... I've had people write me and say like, hey, man, why do you yell all the time? I'm like, I didn't even realize I was. But I'm, <laughs> I'm passionate about the gospel, man. <laughs> man, he's amazing. I used to yell my, my voice out of my face. I couldn't talk anymore when I was in the world about a lot of stupid things. I want to yell for him. I'd rather have people call me an idiot or whatever. Let's go to the truth here. Let's not get carried off in some other direction. They will reject the truth and chase after a So everyone wants to go to heaven. Everybody thinks they're going to heaven. But everybody wants to get to heaven on their own road and their own way. We want to live our own life. We want to do it my way. I think somebody wrote a song about that a long time, way before I was born. I did it my way, right? Okay, see, the, the problem is, is that we can't do it our way. We can only do it His way. God's way is the only way, and it only works when you do it His way. So, as we gather together, I want you to know that I have, I think I said this last week, or maybe a week before, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter i we god's been speaking some pretty strong messages to us to me and to you and us as a people and so i have said like hey lord could we like this sunday ease it off a little and kind of have a (laughs) an encouraging uplifting everybody happy kind of service where we all walk out smile and feel good about ourselves you know i've had that conversation with them and we can but that doesn't mean the message has to be all flowery we can walk out of here and we need to walk out of here feeling good about our walk with God but at the same time have a harsh strong message of God's truth given to us so as I look in the word of God and what he says to us church I, I see something here that God's trying to tell us and I've heard and I've grown up around the church and I've been a pastor obviously and I've Stay connected with a lot of stuff that's happening out there in the Christian community. And there have been a lot of messages given to us that are not God's Word. There's a lot of Christians that think that God owes them, because they're His children, a life of health, wealth, prosperity, and good things. We've been led to believe, as a church, that we can... Demand or speak those things and that God's going to like reciprocate because we're speaking in faith and that God will do it because we're holding Him to His truth. I want you to know, church, that's not His truth. That's a church's truth. That's human truth. It's not God's truth. When you look at God's Word, it doesn't say that all of His children are going to be blessed with health, wealth, and prosperity. It doesn't say that. We need to know what God's Word says to us and understand some things. Christians get sick and unless Jesus comes back and raptures us out of here all Christians are going to die you're going to die of something right I know people that are Christian people that think they just have to like believe and everything is going to be fine or the fact that they've been diagnosed with a disease and if they say I rebuke that in Jesus name and I don't have that that they don't have it No, I'm trying, I want us as a church to hear these things because church, you can say I don't have it, but if cancer lives in your body, then cancer's in your body. Because you say it doesn't exist, doesn't make it not exist. Does God heal people of cancer? Yes. Does he heal every Christian of cancer? No. I don't understand all that. I'm confessing to you right now. I don't have this connection with God where like, yeah, I get it. Let me tell them why they're going to die of cancer and why that person's going to be healed. No, I don't understand. I just trust him. I trust him, church, and people die of cancer. Therefore, when my wife was diagnosed last year, and good-meaning Christian people were like, oh, she's going to be fine. No way. Well, first off, she got it. (laughs) Okay? Do you understand what I'm just saying right now? Like, she had cancer. She's in remission right now, thank God. But I'm telling you something. It's important for us to hear this. If Christian people are are kept in this little bubble of protection of health, wealth, and prosperity, she would have never got it in the first place. But she got it. And then God chose to allow us to go through surgery and doctors and things to do these things. I'm not saying he wasn't involved. Just hear me through. And good meaning, Christian people are like, she's not going to die from this. Don't worry. God would never do that to you. I'm like... (laughs) Christian church, please hear me. We need to hear God's word because we can say some really dumb things as Christians. You know, when we tell people like those kinds of things, like I have personal friends whose spouses have died. They had faith. They're still serving Christ. They're preaching God's truth. I know Christian people that have suffered divorce and broken families, children that have been sexually abused. I'm talking about Christian families, kids. Right? Are you listening, church? Stuff happens here. You know why God's Word actually says that the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous, and the sun shines on the righteous and the unrighteous. What God's Word is telling us is we all live in a world that affects all of us. The stuff in this world affects us. It's happening. The Christians in Afghanistan believe in God. They've accepted Jesus Christ to the point where a few years ago they were mandated by their own government to declare their faith. So they were registered. You hear me, church? They were bold enough in an unchristian land and culture to state they were Christian. Today they're losing their lives because of that. This very moment they're losing their lives because they have the power of God and the understanding of this relationship that it is more than this moment. So, church, we're going to go through some hard times. We will. It's part of life. But you know that God promised to go through them with us. That the Holy Spirit is present and He gives us grace as we deal with every issue we face in life. And if we want to go to heaven, there's only one way we're getting there. That's God's way and it's Jesus Christ. And the message a few weeks back was about Jesus giving us His clear message on what His way looks like. I reread this verse, not re-preaching the message. I want you to just bring this to the forefront in this moment. Because if we're talking about god's truth god's word speaking that truth and not just looking for stuff we're comfortable with this is what jesus said in in luke 9 23 then he said to the crowd if any of you wants to be my follower you must give up your own way take up your cross daily and follow me if you try to hang on to your life you'll lose it but if you give up your life for my sake you will save it and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but yourself are lost or destroyed. See, it's not about you and I being comfortable or seeking what we want. It's about us letting go of self and following Him all in. The truth of the gospel, the truth of the word of God, living that truth, being that truth. When we look at this, we see as we're looking at that original text we were just talking about where people are going to reject the truth and follow things that make them feel good, hear what they want to hear and be comfortable and stuff. When you listen to what Jesus just said, it's not about our comfort. It's not about us hearing what we want to hear. It's about His truth and what He says to us. We're looking for pastors, teachers and prophets to tell us what we want to hear. And if we're doing that, we're not denying self, we're feeding self. And if we're feeding self, then we're not taking up our cross. And therefore, we're not a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what he said. So let's revisit our original text. 2 Timothy 4. Listen to this word right here. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Remember when we were reading that in that text where it says in times that are favorable or not. As I look at this, I want you to know that I've lived in such an extremely, we have lived in such an extremely, extremely easy time. I've never suffered for the Lord. I've had hard times in life and I've dealt with difficult things. Yes, I'm not saying I haven't. When I look at this, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. No, I don't think I've suffered for the Lord. Have you? Have you? I mean, when we're looking at this, he says, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. So when I read that word, I'm like, well, how am I having the right to demand of God a life of health, wealth, prosperity, and goodness? The word of God is saying, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. When you live the truth and speak the truth, and you call people to the truth, things aren't going to go well for you all the time. Anybody ever read The Life of Paul? I mean, the dude was like brutalized most of the time all because he loved Jesus and he shared him with people. (laughs) Work at telling others the good news. Last week we discussed the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. We talked about this in Revelation 13. If you didn't hear that, you can always, our messages are online, you can check those out. But all you got to do is again, go to the Bible, Revelation 13, read it for yourself. You'll know the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. It's not. All you got to do is read the Bible it explains some things in there that says, okay, so this doesn't measure up, okay? Just so we're clear, but I don't want to get stuck there. Listen, however, we also noted that it is, it doesn't take a prophet or some kind of revelation to tell people that what's happening today with this vaccine is paving the way for what we're going to end up doing with the mark of the beast. Come on, common sense says that. You don't need the Holy Spirit. I mean that in a good way. You don't need some prophet. You don't need a preacher. Come on, folks, use the little brain up here and look around you and understand as you see this, right? What is happening right now is preparing a way because people are divided over the issue. Pretty soon, they're not going to let you do certain things if you don't have proof. It's happening right now, right? Okay, I don't think that's going to go away. I think it's going to grow stronger and common sense says to me anybody can get a card I mean people can counterfeit our money you don't think they can't counterfeit a card that says I've been vaccinated and who's going to know right so pretty soon they're going to be like well the card really doesn't work we got to do something else what's the next step see it's leading towards something always so remember we talked about in revelation that it's the unveiling god's like hey church hey my people look i'm going to show you something and voila this is what's going to happen right and so now as we're sitting here as god's people and we're looking and we were trying to figure this out like how could that be that people will do this so it's like oh they're gonna line up and the people who don't line up they're gonna be like who are you stay away You can't work here anymore. It's happening right now, right here. Many people are facing, and more will face, a challenge of you either get vaccinated or you lose your job. It's happening. I have heard from our congregation members who have had that ultimatum presented to them, right? Okay, now just stay with me because this is not about the vaccination. This is about God's word. But we need to see something in this that helps us see God's word for God's word. So, as a citizen of the United States of America, this is not a patriotic message. This is a truth of the citizenship of which we are part. We have the right given to us by our Constitution to say no. We do. But church, listen. If we say no, we have to stand for our convictions. And you can't just say no when it's convenient. You have to say no, own no, and live no. Right? So I'm saying a conviction is something that is real in life, no matter what. A feeling or a fear, that's not a conviction. A conviction is something I will not change in my life whatsoever. Okay? Okay? stay with me this is really important for us because people when we say no i will not take that vaccination because they used unborn fetuses that they killed which are babies not fetuses and they use that to test all that stuff and work on that stuff with those i stand Opposed by God's word to abortion and anything to do with that industry and anything to do with that stuff. Therefore, I will not participate in that. I'm saying Christian people have that right to do. And our Constitution stands up to support that. But church, hear me now. Please hear me. If we stand for that conviction, we have to stand for it all the way to the point where when they fire us, we don't compromise. That we own it when we understand that means I may lose my house, my car. I may not be able to put the food on the table. You understand? See, this isn't a game. And what God is giving us a preview of is the future. And it's going to happen. So pretty soon they're going to say, you can't fly on a plane without this. You can't go over to this state without this. You can't do this without this, right? Right it's happening right now it's a current reality therefore we have something very physical and real in our lives that is affecting our lives right now now listen here is so important for us this uh, this point that i'm making to us is not about a vaccine i don't care about a vaccine what i care about is the word of god and for us to be able to stand for the truth no matter what and if we don't know what it's like to stand for the truth of the gospel of jesus christ We're going to be in trouble on the day where it is about that. Will you stand for Jesus when it costs you? Take up your cross daily and follow me. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Those are all in God's Word. Will you stand for Jesus when it costs you? How real are your convictions? many christians are so fluid on their convictions that they believe god says something to them this week but then they're not doing it the next week you know what i'm saying church we got to have our convictions cemented it's what god says to us about our life i'll give you a real life easy example of that the church in which we're a part of we're part of a bigger group it says that clergy can't you know uh, indulge in alcohol right totally fine with that by the way i've had those experiences before christ and i couldn't deal with that very well so here's the thing it's easy for me to say no but if the day comes that they're like oh no it's okay see i have a conviction from god that says to me no no see this is just a simple little teaching i'm trying to give us a real life example of something Like, if everybody in the world is having a drink of alcohol and every pastor I know is saying, Cheers! I'm not lifting a glass. If I do, it'll be a glass of water. See, because I have a conviction. The conviction in my heart is the Holy Spirit saying, Dave, you, you, you can't handle that. I know you, and I know you can't handle it. Therefore, no. See, God has spoken no. All right? So, here's what i'm trying to have us see in god's word see now i could preach to everybody here oh you shouldn't drink alcohol but god's word doesn't say that it doesn't you can it does say you can't be drunk so that means you can't just go out and get loopy and say oh it's okay god's word says no it says specifically you can't get drunk therefore once the alcohol begins to affect your feelings and your senses you're going over (laughs) therefore why drink it it tastes nasty Anyway, (laughs) uh, I don't want to get off track here, but beer smells like skunks to me. I never liked it, so. Uh, Church, do we really believe that hell is real? It's a real place. Jesus in his teaching, Matthew 10, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. when I read that scripture to you, I want you to know what God says to us right here. And Jesus is the one saying, and he's like, hell's real. And people are going there. We need that to sink into us, church. We really need to comprehend the reality of that. Remember the scriptures we read at the beginning that we're all going to stand before God and he's going to judge us? Okay, so... Don't freak out and say, oh, no, but I accept Jesus just stay with me and what God's word says, right? Okay, let's listen to what the word of God says. Jesus warned us all that there will be a judgment and there will be those who go to heaven and those who go to hell. Matthew 25, 31 through 46, quite a few verses. You can check that on your own later today. Mark, uh, Mark chapter nine, another teaching of Jesus. And here you go. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off are you listening church this is jesus talking that's pretty brutal straight up and in our face if your hand causes you to sin cut it off it's better to enter into eternal life with only one hand than go into unquenchable fires of hell with two hands i think god's pretty serious about sin in our life don't you I think right here we're given a glimpse by Jesus himself, giving you and I a glimpse of saying like, God doesn't play games with sin and we can't either. There's so many Christians that make excuses for sin in our life. Like, well, I'm just a sinner. God knows I'm a wretched sinner. He does know that. That's why Jesus died to take us from our broken sinfulness into life new, profound, holy, and right with him. Church, you're not a sinner you were a sinner, if you know Jesus, you no longer live in sin. Amen. And if you sin, cut off your hand. I mean, that's Jesus, not me. I don't have a sword. Listen to what it says. He's not done there. If your foot calls you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter and and to eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter into the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. This is the words of Jesus Christ, our Savior, speaking. So in the other service, I mentioned the fact that we have a purity boot camp group that we started for people that have problems with pornography. It's a plague, across our globe it's not going to get better it's going to get worse and there are christian people that struggle with pornography and addiction and they they try and deal with it on their own and they're over here on their side and they fall and they fall and they fall and jesus says like gouge your eye out then that's how serious he is are you listening church i'm not telling you to gouge your eye out jesus said look if this is causing you to sin He wants to see the reality of the consequences of sin and saying like hell's real man And your physical body doesn't mean anything Your spiritual soul means everything So we're trying to candy coat the gospel and we're trying to make everybody comfortable and you be okay with your sin in your life Look, it's not okay to have sin in your life When you know it's sin You know, you need to stop it Follow that? See, because the Holy Spirit's the convictor. And if you have continual, habitual, unbroken sin in your life, then you need to do something because God's going to do something. It's the gospel. Good news. (laughs) Okay. Church, I mean, I I look at this and I'm like, man, Jesus is like flat out giving it. He's not candy-coating it he's letting everybody know like there's only one way it's god's way it's not your and my way it's not that we're all comfortable in it or trying to make everybody be okay in their own life it's not he's like look you got to come and measure up to me matthew 7 this is my last set of scriptures, so on my notes anyway i don't know where we're going but let's go here matthew 7 you ready this scripture right here is um I want you to know it's one of the scariest verses to me in the Bible. It, there's actually two verses here. And it is really is. And it, and it ought to scare you. It does scare me. I want you to know church that as I speak God's word and God is speaking through me that there's been oftentimes that he's convicted me and he has called me out on stuff and I've had to repent like you and I'm here I need to be shaped and molded and changed. When I look at this word, I'm like, God, man, sift me. Do whatever it takes, God, show me. Matthew 7. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow. And the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. (laughs) Doesn't that like kind of rock you? Is there something inside of you that's like... As I listen to the word of God and I look at that, I'm like, Okay, God, well, I remember, church, I remember the church I grew up in a legalistic holiness church. Yes, they taught Jesus, but very legalistic because they were going to tell you what it meant to follow Jesus. Like a little while ago when I was talking about I already know God said it to me. Well, all those personal convictions became corporate convictions so that legalism was you had to act, look, and dress and be a certain way or you weren't a Christian. You had to only use the King James Bible or you weren't a Christian. You had to only sing hymns or you weren't a Christian. You had to do this or you couldn't do this. You couldn't dance? Doesn't matter if David danced. You can't dance. Okay? No, I mean, I'm serious. Like, I mean, I grew up in that kind of a church, so you've got to stay with me and listen. Oh, yeah. Because this is what happens in a group like that. Only a few find it. We're the few. We're the few. Every gathering of a little group of people that call themselves Christian think they're the few. Yeah. The cults think they're the few follow me so when i look in god's word and the word of god says jesus tells us the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find that i'm coming back and i'm saying to the lord like god i i need you to like destroy those things that i believe that are not from you the theologies that i've been taught the ideas of man that have crept in to try and shape me into the Christian they think I ought to be. God, I need you to explode that, rip that out of me. God, I, I want to walk through the narrow gate and I want to dance through there, like David, not like anybody else. Okay, But I want to dance through that narrow gate into the kingdom of heaven like I want to be one of the few. I want to be one of the few, whatever it takes. Church, I don't say that lightly. Whatever it takes, God. heaven is real hell is real we're going somewhere we didn't know where it is and the way that we're going to know where it is is when we measure up to what god's word has called us to church we've got to measure up to what god has called us to not the church not culture not the world not grandma not mom not the theology that i was taught not any universities not any seminaries what god's word has called us to And we have to understand that we're going to be held accountable to what God's Word says. It's His truth. (laughs) Are you a born-again believer in Jesus Christ? The only reason why you know what that means is because you know what the Bible says. Right? Jesus said those words to Nicodemus. To enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. Born of the water and the Spirit that's what jesus taught so when i ask the question to you are you a born again believer in jesus christ those of you that understand the truth of the gospel know that what that means is that i've repented of my sin that i believe that jesus christ is the savior of the world that he is god made human Born of a virgin, died on the cross, arose from the grave, ascended into heaven, sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in my life, and I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, when we use that term, born again, that means all of that. Amen? Okay, church, it's important that we understand that. Because the only way you and I understand that is because of the Word of God. We know the Holy Spirit has affirmed that truth. And we also know that the Holy Spirit has said in the Word of God that when we are a child of God, the Holy Spirit affirms in our hearts that we are a child of God. No church can do that for you. Nobody can do that for you. Only God can affirm that you are a child of God. And He does that because the Word of God said that He would. Jesus told us that He would. And God is good to His Word, and He's done it. Okay, church. The world doesn't know that. They don't have a clue they've heard about the bible they've heard it's an archaic book of men but we live in a pagan culture and if you go to church, to work tomorrow school tomorrow wherever you go and say hey whoever needs to be saved come and talk to me unless they went to church they're going to not have a clue what you're saying if you stood up and said hey i'm a born again christian The vast majority of people you said those words to wouldn't even know what you're talking about. Church, we live in a pagan, ungodly, messed up world. And God says this to us in his word, and I read it to you. He said, work at sharing the good news. Therefore, church, what we have to do is we have to go out here and understand that we are going out into a pagan Ignorant of god world and we are called by god to let them know about jesus How are you going to do that you got to work ahead you got to know it You got to know the holy spirit. You got to know your convictions You need to know what god is saying to you And you need to walk in faithfulness to what he is saying what he's asking you to do and when to do it How real are your convictions? How real are your convictions? Where is it that you're going to draw the line and not move from? I will not move from the fact that Jesus Christ is the one and only Savior of the world. I will not move from the fact that I believe that the Bible is the inerrant, holy Word of God i will not move from the fact that i am called by god to proclaim that good news no matter what anyone anywhere says in defiance to that church i have convictions that i will live the truth of the gospel of jesus christ even if it costs me my life i will stand for the truth of who jesus christ is regardless of any government or people or any other authority ladies and gentlemen what are your convictions of who God is and what He is in your life? You need to know what your convictions are. You need to know who your God is. You need to know that you are saved, that you know what He is saying to you, and you need to know what it is to live that life. And if you don't, you need to today. we going to answer to God. We're going to be called to Him. We're going to give an account of our life. You ready to do it? So when we do this, at the end of the services, we ask you to stand. And this is what we call the altar. It's the place where we come to meet God. Now, you can meet him anywhere, and he's right there in your seat. I get it. But the reason I ask people if you would come forward is for this reason. If you can't step up in front of these people and come and talk to God about something, you'll never stand out there in the world. No way. So I'm not one of those guys that says, hey, everybody, close your eyes and bow your head and slip your hand up if you want to know Jesus now. It's like everybody needs to be looking around. Keep your eyes up. And you need to be bold enough and understand enough that I'm willing to step up and stand out and walk up there and say, I need you, God. Look, I don't think that everybody that comes up here is a pagan sinner. (laughs) If you come to the altar, you need to know what God's saying. And if you know what God's saying, the Holy Spirit's faithful and he'll speak to you and he's leading you and I trust him in it. So come on. Come on. Don't wait. Time is now. Today's the day. God's calling us, man. If the Spirit of God is moving, move. Don't wait. Don't go away. Don't wait to do it at home. Please don't. Do it now. Whatever the Spirit of God is saying, respond. He's calling. He's calling. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So faithful. You're so faithful, Lord. we love you Lord thank you for your word thank you for your truth Lord as you speak and as you have spoken to every one of these that are here and all of us online at home those in the seats God your faithful word is spoken Holy Spirit do what you promised to do Jesus said you would do it you would guide us into all truth you convict us in righteousness and sin and about the coming judgment oh God awaken us stir your church use this season of time to stir us We are believing and praying for an awakening, God. An awakening of the church. God, we believe. Thank you. Here's the evidence of a move of God happening right here, God. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, God. (laughs) Thank you, God. Thank you for hearts that are open and responsive to you. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Hey, church. Amen any good? God is so good. So good. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Church, you're dismissed. Those that are praying, please don't go until you're comfortable and ready, but thank you so much for your openness to God and being faithful to him. He loves you. He loves you. Amen.